All right, we want to welcome you into the 18th episode of Trojan Talk. I'm Zach Jaranko here with Jeff Christianberry and Cole Pertz. How are you guys doing this morning? Great. Good. Yeah, it's a very nice outside here in Saco, Maine. We want to start off with the TA boys hockey team who did make it to the state championship last week. Uh, unfortunately, lost in double overtime, but we want to do a quick recap of that season. They played really well, had a really good playoff run. And we were able to broadcast some of the other games. And we'll start with Jeff. What did you see from the team throughout this season? And, and what did you see in the semifinals and, the, and the, the state game when they played really well? Well, we went into, went into the playoffs knowing that hockey, Class A hockey was going to be pretty wide open. Never th- thought Everett Little was the favorite. And then after that, you know, anybody could win on any given night. And Tia Hockey showed that. I was I was surprised, uh, pleasantly surprised that they made such a deep run in the playoffs. I mean, beating... You know, beating Mount Ararat in the first round, but it was a pretty tight round, and then beating Falmouth, which was a great game, and then I didn't get to see the other two games, uh, but obviously upsetting Edward Little, number one seed, is is quite impressive considering how the first game went too between those teams. Uh, so, I mean, overall, nothing but a success. Uh, you know, it, it, Scarborough also had kind of a Cinderella run, so I think mm-hmm. of all the games, they're, they're going to look back at that the state championship game, and from all reports, they didn't play so well for a lot of the game. I mean, obviously it went to overtime, so it's not like they got blown out or anything. Um, very top-heavy team, I thought. There was some great players like Alex St. John and Bilodeau like, that, that kind of carried the team at some sometimes. Uh, and in the end, they're going to really miss a lot of those guys next year. So um, I don't know if this was kind of a, a, their best shot for a while. Um, it's tough to, to look at the hockey landscape year to year. Um, but, I mean, just the, look at the way that they, they, the defense played so well. Like, you see the scores, only giving up one goal a game until the state championship and the playoffs is a recipe for for uh, a big a big run. And they had that. So congratulations to them. And, and uh, it was fun watching them all year and the games that we did. I mean, the, the student section was out in full force and it looked like at the state game there was a ton of people there, uh, which is great for the team and great for the program. So hats off to them. It just comes up a little bit short when you lose an overtime, double overtime especially. It's it's hard to swallow that, but uh, nothing but, but respect for them and, uh, and a good surprise this year because going in we thought, yeah, they'd be decent, but um, not necessarily state championship team, but they proved us wrong. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think it's uh... – it's good to know that it was it was a five or seven matchup in the state game, which yeah. is not really common. Uh, I don't I don't know when Bangor did Scarborough beat Bangor and then they beat South so, yeah. Portland too. So they had mm-hmm. a, they were the, I would call the Cinderella team, but it was a good it was a good uh, good playoffs. Cole, any thoughts? Uh, I mean, first off, congrats to them. They really overachieved in a big way. Uh, they went two to one against Mount Ararat and then Falmouth, and then a really good win versus Edward Little at the Civic Center, where they were really in control uh, the entire time. But you have to think, I mean, kind of a missed opportunity versus Scarborough a team. They beat six to nothing earlier in the season, and then they beat them again two to one. Um, it's just crazy. You look at Scarborough's goalie. He was the reason they won that game. He let up five goals in their first playoff game, then let up two, then let up four in the semifinals. So you got to think you're going to go into this game scoring multiple goals, and he just plays out of his mind. So credit to him. He was the reason they won. Um, Obviously, if you watch that game, they didn't come out and execute in the first period, which was the biggest reason why they lost. Uh, Scarborough scored within the first four minutes or so, and um, the play of their goalie kept them uh, in control for most of the game. They TA gave himself a shot, Evan Bodet with a goal in the third period, which was awesome, but they couldn't come with, come away with the win, but still a great a great season to make it that far for the program that hasn't been there since 2012. Interesting too as you mentioned the the whole that whole old adage it's tough to beat a team 3 times in a year. We saw it with Thorn Academy beating Falmouth, 
you know, after Tamworth had beat them twice, and then yeah. you mentioned Scarborough, mm. um, you know, TA beating Scarborough twice in the regular season. So it's just tough. I mean, even when you win, hockey is such a weird sport like that because, like I mentioned before, South Portland was one of the favorite teams. We beat them 6 nothing like the week before the playoffs mm-hmm. started. And it just so happened the goalie had a bad game. So it's just, it's so funny how that, that can go. And, and Tarbox Belanger had a great uh, playoff run as well for TA. So tough to see him. There's a lot of great pictures of him uh, being embraced by some of the Scarborough kids after, too. And it's just a tough way to, to end the season when you lose in overtime like that. Yeah, I mean, I, this team, there's a lot of seniors on that team, a lot of great players. And so, you know, I think this was their, their hope to get, you know, to get all, like, get to the top and then fail is, is the worst um, because, you know, you made it that far. And, and it was overtime, too. So it's, it's sudden death. They, like, they got right, right up into it. But um, it was what was it season. like uh, for those of you who went um, having the playoff games at the, at the Cross Insurance Arena? Because uh, the last time I've gone, it was obviously the, the Coliseum, which is a pretty cool atmosphere. But what was it like at the Cross Insurance Arena as a fan? Uh, it, it was good. I mean, I talked to some of the players before, and they said if, when they went on f- to play Ever Little, it was like kind of surreal. And then they were like, "Okay, now like it, it was different, definitely than the the Biddeford Ice Arena." But they were they were just trying to like you know play their normal game. I, I don't know if the ice the space is different if it's bigger. I, That's probably the same. It's either uh, normal size or Olympic size. It's yeah, definitely not Olympic but, size. Um, you know, there's a bigger crowd. There's a lot more people, and way uh, more, way more people there than probably any main Mariners game. Oh, probably, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just saying. Yeah, it was, uh, but it, it was a fun atmosphere, and and the TA fan section showed up, and so did the Edward Little fan section when I went to that game, and then I know Scarver did as well. So, yeah. it, it was a, it was a good run. I, it, was, it was fun. Yeah, state championship was packed. I mean, the student section went up very high, and I loved it. At bef- at before the semifinals, they had the Bruins. Um, National anthem singer come yeah. out and sing the really? anthem. Really, he was there. Great. It was pretty cool. Yeah, jeez, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, that was awesome. Dang. So, yeah. So now we want to move on to professional sports. Well, I guess we're going to start with college. March Madness starts today, which I am so excited for March Madness. I'll give you my final four. I have Gonzaga, Kentucky, Villanova, and Iowa. And then advancing to the championship, I have Kentucky and Iowa, and I think Kentucky will win. I just think Kentucky has a great combination of guards, and then they have the best big man in the country in Oscar Shibwe. Um and what's your final four? Do you have any predictions and any Cinderella teams that you think could make a run? Um, well, unfortunately, I cannot give you my final four because I have 23 brackets at this moment. <laughs> so oh my I, I still have to get I still have to get two more in before what the first game is at what noon? Noon, so, yeah. noonish. Um, I, I think there's I think the one thing I was thinking about when making my brackets this year was so many upsets in the in what I would call the regular season that I would expect it to be actually pretty moderate here in the in the regular playoffs. Um, I have Gonzaga winning in most of my brackets. I have Kansas. I have Iowa a few times. I definitely think some of those teams will be really good. There's definitely some going to be some early upsets, especially today. Some teams who I think you know haven't played very well, but it's going to be exciting and it's always fun to to sit and watch those games. Um, my Cinderella team this year is probably going to be, oh my lord, um, either Vermont or New Mexico State because they're playing UConn and Arkansas, and those two teams I don't have any confidence in. And so I think they could get pretty far. Cue up Arkansas going to the Final Four, you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll play this back in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it'll be fun, and I always love March Madness because it, it's 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 not just like a couple of days. It's like it goes on for a little while, so yeah. it's fun to watch. I have Vermont going to the Sweet 16, so I have them winning yeah. a couple of games. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they can come through more for me. What about you? <sighs> so I'm going to be that guy. I haven't even filled out a bracket yet. Oh, oh my come Lord. on. You have until noon. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I, you, the, as the years go on, and I'm a lot older than you all, <laughs> I just it, I can't get into college basketball. I mean, March Madness, yeah, I'll watch the games. 
But I used to watch like every. I was I'm a Duke fan, so I'm gonna pick Duke to win it all. Even though yeah. I don't think they have any chance because they're so. They're obviously, the last couple weeks, even though it's Coach K's last year, I, I tell you this, and this is go, goes into a bigger issue. Like the only reason that college basketball is even close to popular anywhere is because of March Madness. Mm-hmm. Because the one and, and I, I blame the one and done. The one and done has ruined college basketball because the quality of play is so bad. And the only reason March Madness is so popular is because the games are crazy because these kids don't know what they're doing. And they, you know, they, they I mean, you have huge chokes at the end of the game. Um, it, I guess that's why you saw a couple of years ago when UMBC beat Virginia. It's like that would never happen back in the 90s or early 2000s because all these teams now are made up of, of guys who were playing high school basketball eight months before. So. On that front, like for for this year, like the last time I really followed, like when when Zion was at Duke, like okay, I followed him. He was like a, a once in a generation player to watch. I couldn't even name one college basketball player, not one player this year. This year, no, not one. Name me one right I now. I can't. I literally cannot on any team. You I don't know who Chet Holmgren is. Never heard that name before in my life. No, no. Come on. Now I'm not saying that's normal. Hater. Like I, I'm not a. Uh, I don't say. I, I, I don't know. I just. Can't watch. I, I can't watch the games now. Will I have them on my office? Of course. Like March Madness is crazy, and pr- maybe I'll fill out some random bracket. But I've been burned too many times in the past where I'm like teams like Texas A&M and all these guys that I think are going to make. You know, that are like the four or five seed, and I think make run to the final four, and they never made it. So I'll fill out a bracket. Am I excited for the tournament? Meh. I think for me, the tournament is is all about today and tomorrow on Thursday and Friday. Oh yeah, those are the days where it's important. And, and uh, you know, besides when you cheer for your team, like I'll watch every Duke game, obviously. But after that, I mean, it's just. It for me, it's like you know whatever. But the first two days are crazy because there's four games going on at once, and you're looking back and forth, and three or four TVs set up in one room, and everything. So, um, as far as Cinderella, like I'll, anybody but Vermont, because I have a bad experience because I, I went to BU and and we had some great basketball teams back in the early 2000s, and Vermont had their like they had a couple generational players, a guy named Taylor Coppenrath who like went to the NBA, and uh, they've ruined our season. One yeah. year, and then they then they beat Syracuse. They upset Syracuse in the first round. It was like a 14 seed, um, and I remember just me being really I hated them. So I hate Vermont for many reasons. But <laughs> yeah. good luck to them. Yeah, I, I want to talk about Gonzaga. They're the they're my most hesitant team to put in the Final Four actually because I feel like they're gonna get into an Elite Eight matchup with Texas Tech. That's what I. Uh, think will happen and last year against Baylor in the national championship they just got bodied like Baylor was a bigger more physical team than them Gonzaga it's so funny they play basketball like it's the 1970s like they're such a good passing team and so fundamental and everything but Baylor just manhandled them last year and I think that could happen but I do think in the in the west bracket I think talent will probably prevail and they'll get to a, a final four but lose to Kentucky um and I also want to know the champion. Is it a team with a lot of uh, veteran players, a lot of seniors starting and transfers and stuff like that? I know Kentucky has a ton of transfers. Uh, I think it will be. Um, Duke, obviously a very talented team, but they're young, and will they run into a veteran group of guys? So should be interesting to see. March Madness, awesome. I agree. These first two days are the best days of March Madness. Uh, I can't wait. So now switching gears to the NFL, Tom Brady is back. I cannot believe it. There's no reason for him to come back. He has all the money in the world. He's producing a movie, starring in a movie. I. It, it's just pure love of the game that he's coming back but I'm so excited so what are your thoughts on that Uh, I'll start with you I'm not surprised he's back I think it was more probable he was coming back than staying retired because I mean look this is kind of a hot take I think that most people are going to really dislike Tom Brady in his post-playing career okay so first of all the movie stuff and all this you know like just go retire go go sit on the beach in Costa Rica and and nothing take nothing away from his playing days like obviously he's the best ever and I'll never forget that 
if he somehow and if he stays in Tampa for another year and they don't win a Super Bowl, like whatever, I don't really care. If he somehow forces his way to San Francisco, actually as a Patriots fan, it's going to make me feel better about how what happened because it shows that he's really just ring chasing at this point because you know he forced his way out of of New England and I I refuse to believe that he wanted to come back 100% and the Patriots just said no I don't I will never believe that for a minute I think he wanted a different challenge I think he wanted a different lifestyle his wife wanted a different lifestyle he wanted a, more talent I mean look at the Patriots are on the downside talent wise there's no no doubt about that so then he goes to Tampa. Basically, it's the opposite of Bill Belichick and a coach where Bruce Arians lets him do whatever he wants. He's basically the GM of the team, the coach of the team. They win a Super Bowl. Good for him. And now he's, like, unhappy with, with that. I mean, they, you can't keep these guys forever. So if he forces his way out via trade or release and goes to San Francisco and tries to win another ring, it's going to be like, okay, well, maybe it's more Brady that he was, wants to kind of chase rings now at the end of his career, which if you want to say, okay, fine, okay. It's just, it's just so funny to see, you know, I have the bigger perspective because for the first – 10 years of his career he was this like upstart underdog like kind of nerdy um sixth round pick and now he's not he, he is like the elite player he's he has elite brands that he's following um and he's changed as a person and that's fine that does not change his playing career whatsoever he's still the best ever and i love him for that but i think when when he when he finally does retire and he starts selling us all his gear and these stupid movies that he's going to be in i think people are gonna be like all right tom just like just leave it to your playing days as far as brady coming back it's fine, whatever. I don't think Tampa's going to be that good this year. Um, they won't have Antonio Brown. They, I think Gronk is finally going to go off into the sunset. I know they're trading for Shaq Mason, um, but their offensive line's kind of a mess. So I think they ran it back for a year. It tried. It failed. But though the, the only thing is, though, the NFC is obviously not going to be as good as the AFC this year, so maybe they can sneak in there. But welcome back, Tom. I'm not really excited for you. That, yeah. Um, I I really could care less right now, depend you know because of free agency and stuff, and I'm excited to watch the uh, what is it the AFC West is mm-hmm. it with yeah. the, with the Chargers and Broncos and best conference best division maybe in the history of NFL yeah, right now on paper. Crazy. Um, the all, and I will say this is the all I'll say is my favorite Tom Brady movie moment was in Ted Two. When they stuck into his house, that was like the only part of a movie <laughs> I've ever enjoyed with Tom Brady in it. So, you know, I just it, I think in general too. Um, the 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 quarterback situation around the league it's like it's interesting because it's not going to have as much movement as people thought I mean Deshaun Watson's really going to be the only big player that moves I know Russell Wilson did too but Aaron Rodgers is going to stay put Brady's coming back so you're not going to see as much movement as people thought yeah he comes into a division that's really bad in the Oof, NFC South horrible but yeah. uh, the wild card in this is Deshaun Watson because he is rumored to go to either the Falcons the Panthers or the Saints all in the NFC South but I I don't know it's still it's still a long ways away I, I think, think it ends up in ATL. Really? I think Atlanta. Yeah. I think Atlanta I can, makes the most. Sense. So what do they do with Matt Ryan though? Oh, they'll just they'll get him. They'll get rid of him for a fourth or fifth round pick somewhere. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, he, and see, Matt Ryan would go. Should go to somewhere like Pittsburgh. I mean, if they traded, you know, this, they, are, they already have uh, the, 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 the yeah, but the MVP. Yeah, but I mean, I just think Watson going to Pittsburgh, or going to Atlanta. I mean, it. it I, I just think. Col- I mean, I, I think it just fits well there. It's not as big media pressure as. I mean, New Orleans is New Orleans is not that or Carolina either. But instead of going to place like Boston or New York, I mean, just it's going to be interesting to see because yeah, he's cleared of his charges, but. Mm-hmm. What, what's going to be the reaction of the fans? I don't know. I think ATL is a good place for him to go, and they have a good owner there, and and you know a young team, I guess. But yeah. we'll see. Yeah, it should be interesting. I th- he's he's a top five quarterback in my opinion. People are forgetting how good he is. He's so talented. Led the league in passing yards on the Texans when your receivers are like Brandon Cooks and Danny Amendola. I mean, that's impressive. Push it uh, oh, I'm getting moved. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't want to block Zach's beautiful view here. I know. Right? I, look, uh, I like my, my main Mariners. Uh, yeah, you got the Green, St. Patrick's Day going on today. Yeah, at least so, one of us did. So if we're talking about the Bucks, I don't think I agree. I don't think the Bucks uh, will make it back to the Super Bowl. Chris Godwin coming off of a torn ACL. Obviously, Antonio Brown's gone. Uh, Ali Marpet retired. Alex Kappa moved on to the Bengals to protect Joe Burrow. So they have some holes to fill, and I think Gronk might burn out this season. This is probably his last season along with Tom. Uh, so I want to quickly talk about the Celtics who destroyed my Warriors last night. Yeah. Not, I'm not happy about the Warriors are terrible right now. I, I'm a Warriors fan, but I honestly think they might be a first-round exit. I have no faith in them at all. And uh, so what do you think about the Celtics and specifically Jason Tatum making making his way maybe to the fringe of the MVP conversation? Do you think that's legit? I think I think yes because I, I I went to his fifty four point game versus the Nets and they didn't to to me at least they didn't utilize Derek White they didn't utilize uh, Tice they didn't and really anybody off their bench and they won they won that game they dominated the Nets and I think the Nets are great and they played everyone but Ben Simmons so I think this is a great team I think Tatum is playing like like an MVP. Do I think he's an MVP? No, they're not going to give it to him. They're going to give it to LeBron James because that's what, <laughs> that's what the NBA is. It's, I mean, like every day I see something new. Oh, LeBron James hit hit thirty thousand points, you know, ten k rebounds and 10,500 10, you know assists. assists. Yeah. Like they just want to give him more, more. You know, I don't know. It, it's it's crazy. But that win versus the Warriors last night was amazing. Although, is Steph Curry, is he hurt now? Yeah, and I want to talk about that play because Steve Kerr had an issue with Marcus Smart diving at Curry. I disagree with Steve Kerr. He was diving for the ball. Yeah. That's Marcus Smart. He's a tough, gritty player. And Draymond Green even disagreed with Steve Kerr after the game in his press conference. He said that was a play he expected mm. Marcus Smart to make. I, I don't I don't understand why Steve Kerr is so mad, but hopefully Steph is okay. Uh, what do you think? I think first of all, I think I think Embiid's the MVP. Yeah, uh, me too. I mean Tatum's oh. getting the conversation. I mean, God, the last month. I mean, there's nothing. Even the Celtics. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a Celtics hater by any means, but the Celtics cautiously like uh, I think they're gonna blow it. You got to be impressed with what they've done in the last month. There's no mm-hmm. question about it. And and for me, it's like it, it, the playoffs are where really where it's at for, for Tatum because if he's going to be this is a superstar that everyone thinks he is. And the thing is too, is he super young? Yeah. But if you really look, there's other players that are his age or a little bit younger who are also doing some crazy things. So mm-hmm. you can't just hold your hat on if they fail this playoffs. Like, well, you know, he's still very young. It's like he this is the time where he needs to take that big step. So what's going to happen with them? I, I think they could they could make a run. Tatum um, has been impressive. It's you know as far as how far they go in the playoffs, it really comes down to the other guys, the, the other pieces. And I did see that play too. And the reason Steve Kerr is thinking saying that is because he's he's like you. He's like my team is choking right now. Yeah, and if I lose seriously. Curry, then we're screwed. And there's yeah. only so long that this window for the Warriors is going to be open until they have to re- re- replace some of these big time players. So um, not surprised that Kerr does that. I'm not a huge Steve Kerr fan. Well, but. it was supposed to be. Like the big reunion, right? Because it's what, yeah. in the first like a thousand days that you've had all three guys, my, all three guys, and they yeah. they're not playing well. So no. that's not it's not what you want right now. I do like what I'm seeing from Jordan Poole and John. I'm a huge Jonathan Kaminga fan. He's yeah. such an mm-hmm. athletic player off the bench. He's played really really well. James Wiseman not not looking too great. He's in the G <laughs> League right now trying to recover from injury, but it's not looking good for the Warriors. I have. I don't have any faith in them, like I just said. I mean, uh, I will say this: a little G League note. Uh, when I was flying back from Mexico the other night, I was on the same flight from Detroit to Maine as the Maine Celtics. All right, that's pretty cool. Didn't recognize cool. any of the guys? The oh yeah, all the players. Are well, there's there's, yeah. there's only a few that I think are NBA, like like Luke Cornett and a couple guys they yeah. just signed who are. I didn't really recognize. I looked at the roster and I didn't really recognize anybody. But uh, I was you, cool you would have recognized Taco Fall if he was still there. Heck yeah! Yeah. Oh yeah. But, 
I went to a game about a month ago. They played against Leangelo Ball. So yeah. was, oh, he, he was terrible, terrible though. He yeah. wrecked it every of course, shot. Yeah. yeah, he was not good. <laughs> but um, when it comes to MVP, it's really exciting between Jokic and Embiid. And everybody keeps making, uh, waiting for one of them to make a move. They played against each other head to head the other night, and neither really went off. I know. Um, I I think the the Nuggets won that game. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if neither of them really makes a push to separate themselves, you could see somebody like LeBron or even Tatum sneak in. Although I don't think Tatum has much of a chance to actually win it. So um, NBA is going to get really really exciting uh, down the stretch here. See who wins a championship because in my opinion, it's pretty wide open. Uh, so I just want to talk about an open ended question here. What's a sports record that you think will never be broken, Zach? It's a hard one. Um... It's definitely going to be Wayne Gretzky's goal count, and I know that Ovechkin just was eight ninety four, I think, and Ovechkin just got to uh, seven hundred. and I don't even know. He just beat he passed Yager, but I, I look at Ovechkin being what forty forty two now forty one, and he's he's not going to be able to get to an extra hundred goals, um, and no one else is anywhere close. I think Gretzky's just got that, and even if he does get there, it's going to be in way more games than it took Gretzky. So. Um, that's my record that it will never be broken because there's just there's just nobody like him. I think uh, there's two that come to mind. Um, first of all, just going sport by sport, football. I don't think he's. I don't. Think, I don't know if there's any football NFL ones that couldn't be broken because yeah. the way that the game is played nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, basketball. I think 100 points is gonna be hard for somebody to get, but I can see it happening. Guys are hitting. Guys hit 80 once in a great while or 70. So when it really comes to baseball and the two ones that, that are the hitting streak, Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak of 56 games because really no one's come close mm-hmm. more than 40 in decades. Uh, but the one that 100% will never be broken, not even close to being touched, is Cal Ripken's consecutive game streak of like 2,400. I mean, you're talking in this today's day and age for someone not to get injured for like 12 years in a row and play every single game and not take any, any rest days. And there's no chance that'll ever even come close. No one will ever probably hit four, like five or six hundred in today's day. Um, that's just an incredible, ridiculous stat. It's like yeah. it's it's not even it. It should be like the most impressive stat in the history of sports because just staying healthy for that long in a major sport, even if it's baseball and it's not as contact as the others, is insane. So um, now, is it as impressive as the hitting streak? No, in terms of the skill, because, yeah. you know, but, I mean, for Kyle Rook, and he had to be good enough to get a start every day for whatever, how many years that is. So yeah. um, those are some ones. But you look at other sports, and the hockey one, yeah, but, I mean, hockey guys, these guys play till they're in their mid-40s. So if you get a young kid that starts at 18 and gets 50 goals a year for, I mean, it's not going to be easy. I mean, that's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the consecutive game streak, I can't imagine anybody comes close to that. I'd say these long-term dynasties where you just win championships every year. John Wooden with UCLA won 10. Bill Russell won 11. Could you imagine living now in the 2020s when someone wins 11 championships in 13 seasons? No. Like, people would flee from that sport for a long, <laughs> for <laughs> yeah, a long time. Be Nobody, boring. Yeah. Like, let's say the Milwaukee Bucks because they won last year. Imagine they won – uh, like ten of the next twelve championships, that would be terrible. That would be so boring. People went three out of four, or two out of three, even, and people are like, oh, here we yeah, go, it's gonna seriously. be the same. You know, but it's free agency nowadays. There's, there's too much money involved in the games where they're gonna, they'll offer you enough to go somewhere else yeah. to to do the same thing. That one's the most impossible to me. Like yeah. that just doesn't seem like it's ever even gonna be touched. Like nobody's gonna win. You know, five. That it's just so hard to win a championship in any sport and with free agency and everything, like you said. Uh, it'll just be tough. So um, that's going to do it for this episode. One more, one more quick oh, thing one I want to put thing. in. Okay. We, we do want to give a shout-out to Mia Claire Kiesel, who oh, went yeah. to the Nationals, um, set a main state record uh, in her, well, I forget, was it 800? Um, 
So yep. congratulations to her. She went on nationals and finished t- tenth. tenth. She ran two minutes and eighteen seconds, I think, which for an eight hundred is, I, I, it takes me like four minutes. To run yeah. That. So yeah. that's so I just crazy. want to put a shout out there. Congratulations. She's had quite a few accolades this year, and that yeah. was a great way to enter yeah. indoor track season. I'm sure outdoor track season. She'll do some more great stuff yeah. before she heads off to the Naval Academy. Yeah. All right. Happy St. Patrick's Day. We will see you next time for episode nineteen of Trojan Talk. <laughs>